Welcome to the Boiled Owl Coffee Club Podcast, the meeting after the meeting where we talk about our experience living sober. We don't speak for Alcoholics Anonymous. This is only our experience. We have no monopoly on sobriety. If you don't like our approach, that's okay. There's lots of ways to live and lots of ways to live sober. This works for us. I'm Don. And I'm Miranda. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sam! Done! You're back! I came back. You know, it's kind of like a bad penny. <laughs> Eventually, I'm going to turn back up. You turn up. <laughs> and it, you smell like a turnip. <laughs> Thanks. It's kind of hot. Well, yeah, it, yeah, I'm a little, I'm like a boiled turnip. <laughs> You're like a boiled owl, to tell you the truth. You can never go back to being a regular owl. Ooh, that's like worse than being pickled. Mm-hmm. Where have you been? I've been all over the place. I have like traveled around the country quite a bit lately. Uh, the last thing that I did that uh, was really fun, I was I went to one of those comic cons. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw a bunch of celebrities and uh, and like uh, who? Oh gosh, um, who did I see? Jonathan Frakes, uh, George Takei, oh, uh, yeah. John Cleese. Gosh, Sweet. who else? David Tennant. That was who I went for, uh-huh. uh, and I've already forgotten her name now, but Dr. Donna, his companion, and others. Yeah, uh, It yeah. was a lot of fun. Was there a lot of uh, cross-dressing? I mean, not cross <laughs> uh, Co- Yeah, there was so much cosplay dressing. Was there, um, yeah. I did not do that. Uh, you didn't wear a leather kilt or anything? Um, it was too hot, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like but I, I did say, work. It I, I, I smell like boiled turnips in well, yeah. <laughs> uh, But I, yeah, I totally wore kilts the whole time. So you know, it's kind of what I do, except for today, you know, because sometimes it's just too hot for a kilt. You can go to conventions and be sober. You can, and uh, you know, I, I had talked about um, doing that uh, that convention in Chicago and how the international Mister Leather thing and yeah. how that changed for me. Because of that experience, I contacted this Comic Con that was uh, that was held in Raleigh just to ask them, you know, is there anything being done for people in recovery? Is there anything that's just saying, hey, if you're a friend of Bill's or you're in recovery, we're going to have this space available for you to meet if you want to meet? Uh-huh. Um, they weren't interested in it, but it was something that I threw out there that if they, you know, if they didn't, I would be willing you to coordinate it. that and 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 all that because it really did change my experience. The cool thing for me in this experience, though, the uh, I did not. I waited too late to book a hotel, so I had to get one away from the convention center. Meetings were right across the street from the hotel. Oh, sweet! Yes, so I was there Thursday through Sunday, and Thursday night. Not only were they meetings, you looked it up and saw. Oh, it's right across. The street. It, it didn't even say that. It said you're there. <laughs> I looked wow. it on the meeting list on the meeting guide app, and they're like zero Dang. feet away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and then the cool thing is, it was the light group that meets in Raleigh, which is the LGBT group in Raleigh. So not only did I get to go to meetings, but I got to go to gay meetings while I was there, and that was on Thursday night and Saturday night both. The, when I was in Ireland. It was time for a meeting. We were in Killarney, and we were in a hotel, and I was like, by this point, I'd gotten squirrely, and I I was traveling with two other people in recovery, and my friend said, well, guess what? There's a meeting in that church across the street, and it started in an hour, and we went over there. (laughs) Isn't that great? That's amazing. I love that. In this case, it was like, you know, a 14th century church. Oh, wow. uh, it was in Ireland, so there, there was one person there early when we got there. So naturally, they asked me to open the meeting and of, share my story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fresh meat is always the lead. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's true. And, uh, every, and then everybody shared, and I only understood maybe about one third of what anybody <laughs> said because this, the accent is dense. The first international meeting that I went to was in the middle of England in Northampton. And it's the only, you know, I went to meetings around the world for four years. That's the only one that I could not understand them, <laughs> except for the one that was in German. I don't speak German. But all of the other meetings were in English, but I could not understand English, English. <laughs> <laughs> well, hmm. I don't know. You, you, 
you might be able to go to a meeting on the coast of North Carolina and not be able to understand. I'm sure some people can't yeah, understand us. That's true. But you've got more of a twang than I do. I know you do. You know what I mean? No, I, I my voice has been trained and is rather Midwest. <laughs> I don't know what mine in. Mine's pretty much a mutt. Uh, I, it's funny. You Wherever I go, out. I will I will pick up what it, I'll fit in. I'm. Yeah. It's still that chameleon of the alcoholic. Yes. Of yeah. I'm going to fit in forever, how long I can, wherever I am. So I pick up the accents too. I was going to meetings in uh, Elizabeth, Colorado, and a great bunch of people there. They always asked me to read. And finally, I was like, well, you just want to hear my accent. That's what it is. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, I wonder how, what kind of accent our guest has. I better guess it's probably going to fake something now. <laughs> we'll see. Let's see. Hi, who are you? I am Leslie. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Leslie. Leslie. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. When did you get sober? April 1st, 1991. When did you really get sober? <laughs> <laughs> well, it took a while to get to that April 1st, 1991. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Um, I was in and out for a long time. It took me... Well, it feels like a long time. It was about a year and a half of in and out, in and out. Did you like come come in to do it? Come into AA to quit drinking? Not initially. No. Um, I came into AA <laughs> because in a treatment center they told me, you know, it's a long story, but I was okay. I came down from uh, New York um, in the process of getting a divorce, and um, so you have a New York accent. Well, <laughs> I, no, I grew up in New Jersey, uh-huh. New Jersey. Uh, there you go. Turn yeah, it on. there we go, New Jersey. <laughs> you got to put um, a little bit of it on for us. But it was Northern New Jersey, so we don't really have that accent. But um, I went to treatment in Pennsylvania. <laughs> And then I moved down to North Carolina doing the geographic cure. Mm-hmm. So, um, had you been to AA before you came to North Carolina? I went to an AA meeting at the treatment center. Now I went to the treatment center because my first husband. I did this big um, intervention because he was he was doing a lot of drugs at the time, but he was also um, dating. <laughs> Oh, dating. <laughs> dating. My yeah, my dating. Hu- husband was dating. Um, so being the good manipulative alcoholic, um, I thought, well, if I just send him to treatment, that will end the affair. Mm-hmm. Well, then all of a sudden I find myself in the family program at this treatment center. Ah. And then I find myself being pulled out of the family program for a little fireside chat oh. with the director's. And at that time, they asked Saying me, what? how much do you drink, Leslie? <laughs> and so, you know, the good answer was one or two glasses of wine a week. A week? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh-huh. And obviously... I was going to say a day and think it <laughs> well, was good. Well, I had to put on the charm, and it wasn't me, you know. I was, um, was going to be the supportive wife, and... Um, Little did I realize that they probably knew, he probably shared with them how much mm. I drank. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was such a con artist that to I just yourself. went. Right. Con so artist I, to yourself. So I went with That's that a story. good dis- <laughs> yeah. descriptor there. And uh, then they asked me, you know, well, we're going to ask you to not drink. And if that sends a chill up your spine, then you really have something to think about. And I just, you know, putting on that fake, fakeness, said, okay, no problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, I... Um, How long did that last? Oh, about from getting out of that treatment center to driving home when the husband didn't come home. And I went, well, forget this. You know, so I not got... Even, oh, not even a day. You didn't even try. No. Hmm. No. And, um... Because he was the problem. You know, I didn't have a problem. So, and at that time, that's how I ended up in North Carolina. I just got in my car and drove down here. 
Oh wow! You mm-hmm. left your husband. What an no, alcoholic move! I no, because he didn't come home. Uh. So I think he went to visit a girlfriend he met in treatment or something. So, I was um, going to say something another, about dating and treatment. He was so. dating and treatment. <laughs> yeah. In addition to di- whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I was going to be really dramatic, and. I got in my car with like five shirts and a pair of pants and an iron hey. and drove to North Carolina and slept on someone's couch. You for, knew somebody in North Carolina? Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, yeah, slept on her couch. And, you know, I thought that was it. I didn't, I, once again, I didn't have a problem and um, didn't tell anybody where I was going. How long were you in North Carolina before you went to a meeting? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, yeah, because no, you no, still no. hadn't gone to treatment yet. No, I had. Okay. But see, I went to a meeting at treatment, you know, and then I had that fireside chat. But once I left New York, was like, well, I don't have a problem. So I'm just, you know. Well, at <clears> some, <throat> some point you had a problem. Well, right. So then, I know, it's really, it's wacky. So I was here for about a month, and I was drinking a lot, and... um but like that seed had been planted, you know, oh, yeah. like, so I was trying to, uh, this is when I really started trying to hide it. And did, did you try to control it? Yeah, a little bit, but more so hide it, mm-hmm. you know, and the friend I was staying with, she would go to work during the day and I would be at her house. And, um, I remember, I was starting to do some, like, well, I can control it, you know, or hide it and control it. So I remember I went out and I got, <laughs> I didn't know my way around, but I was I was determined to go get some wine. So I went to this grocery store that just had, you know, I didn't realize North Carolina, you couldn't, you, I didn't the know the ABC whole ABC. Yeah, the I didn't know all that stuff. You know, in New too. York, it's like, whatever. Yeah, here so, you can only get alcohol at. Oh, you, here you can only get liquor, liquor yeah, right. at an ABC store. So, but in my mind, if I bought a bottle of wine with a screw top, then I really had a problem. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'm going to go and find one with a cork. It's going to be cheap, but it's going to have a cork. Right. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's the definition. I think that's in the big book. Yeah, totally. We, if we if we drink things that have a cork, we are not alcoholic. Right. Oh wait, exactly. no, that one's in Sunlight of the Spirit, I believe. <laughs> the rewrite. The rewrite that I was working on. Is that what you're talking? <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well, the classy drinker that I thought I was because I had a cork in my wine. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I remember I started drinking at her house, and I thought, no, I'm going to stop. So I put it in one of those big green garbage cans, right? And about 20 minutes later, I found myself head down in that garbage can getting that oh, bottle back. You just you changed know? your mind. Right. And um, But I so, wish there were video. <laughs> yeah. I know. It must have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are deep garbage yeah. cans. <laughs> I've crawled in some of those. Yeah. Retrieving a mistake. I've never crawled in one of those. Uh, I'm better than both of you. Oh, well. (laughs) You don't know what you're missing. Humble, (laughs) too. But then I had to go back to New York to meet with a lawyer and all this other stuff. And then I just, yeah, my drinking was full on then. A lot of it's a blur. But then I... um, Yeah, but so you tried a bunch to get sober. I did. And what... What happened the last time the last that time. made you think, I've had it? I had come back to North Carolina to move here for good. One time I got caught drinking at work. And it happened <laughs> that the boss was in AA. Oh. And I was sitting in his office, and he was, you know, saying something. And I said, I told him some story but he threw a chip at me across his office. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> wow, I didn't know like, they could be used as weapons. <laughs> me neither. It's like well, the flying star. It's a flying chip. <laughs> <laughs> he was... Uh, I can't, re- you know, can't remember the whole situation, but I think I was telling him a story, you know, to get out of... 
I'm getting really, I'm really yeah. chip at you. Like, yeah. Suck on yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> if it dissolves, you can drink again. Right. Truly. So then I was sent to an employee assistance program. Ooh, I did one of those. Yeah. They're and, fun to uh, manipulate. <laughs> he didn't understand my, you know, that I was the victim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the victim in all of this. And, um, and he made me upset because he, you know, I was trying to tell him, you know, no, I've been to treatment. I know. And he said, you haven't done a thing. You've never stopped drinking. And I was like, well, you know, to hell with you. <laughs> so like the good alcoholic, I had to quit that job. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now, and and I'm 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 assuming you weren't there long because this was no I was early. maybe a month yeah okay so yeah, yeah okay yeah. and um I, honestly I don't know what I did after that who wants to work for a recovering alcoholic I know. well you know what drink the hours just weren't good a, yeah. <laughs> what alcoholic wants to drink anyway you've got a sofa to crash on you got she goes to work during the day you got the place to yourself to right. get drunk I mean hey it's no perfect. by this time I had gotten my own apartment oh bills. it was so nice because there was like wildlife in the pantry like a possum lived there oh, it was really cool. nice did you have I any had, owls no I didn't no. <laughs> um, and I had um, a hole where I could see the dirt in my bathroom. It was really, yeah. So Sweet. I was really, that's some, yeah. That's some high class kinda, living. It was. But you don't have to hide when you're living alone. Were you right. still drinking cork wine there? I was drinking whatever. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to pretend. Yeah. But um, yet it's weird how in our minds we did. The last day that I drank, I for a long, long time in recovery, I was. I would say I was a high bottom drunk, uh-huh. but the last day that I drank, I had a bottle of Orange Driver, mm. which is not really high bottom. That's like gut rot wine, like MD twenty twenty, Wild Irish Rose, fortified wine. It's in a little flask. You get a headache and, uh, as you're drinking it. You get, <laughs> after you throw up, whoo! You have mm. a good time. <laughs> yeah. No, my last. Well, my last drink was on Easter Sunday because that's a real big party day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. But I remember I had some friends visit me and they brought me some um, some wine. And I said, well, I don't drink anymore. And so I did. But the, you did? Yeah. Well, I was trying to not drink. Oh, okay. You know, so. You were declaring it. I was declaring it. And then. Well, that's it. That's the path. Yes, yeah, so then I gave it that makes it bottle. You uncomfortable, right? I gave that bottle to my neighbor. Well, then my friends left, and I had to go break into my neighbor's oh house. Oh my god! No. And get it back. That's, <laughs> that's the spirit. Yeah. So now, if your neighbor's house was anything like yours, I'm kind of thinking it was probably easy to break into. This was a different <laughs> apartment. And she was right upstairs. So I, I uh, yeah, I was like, "What did I give that to her for?" So I went and got it back. And um, yeah, and that was it. I and like then, the way you think. Yeah, you're so, a good and proper alcoholic. Well, thank you. And so well, then you went on April first. Yep. And picked this. And um, what what yeah. was different? I was sitting in my apartment on the kitchen floor with the lights off. Just, you know, and, you know, and I had like a month of sobriety or then I'd make it three months and then I was just tired. And I remember I had, I went to some outdoor, I don't know what it was. And we were sitting around this campfire and it just so happened that the leader was in recovery and something in me just decided to get honest. And I was saying, you know, I've just been trying this thing and I just make it to like one month or three months or, and, and he said, I was complicating it, you know, and he said, just do steps one, two, and three, one, two, and three, one, two, you know, and it just, something clicked, you know, and I stopped. So so one, two, and three is became powerless, came Mm -hmm. to believe in a power greater than ourselves and made a decision to turn right. our will over to the care of God. Yeah, that sounds, that's... Not easy say, That's first. not easy. 
<laughs> no. Yeah, keep it, it wasn't. simple. Yes. Well, it's simple, just, but well, not easy. Just give up. Just change everything. Right. <laughs> but I kind of knew Mythical. that I was powerless because I had tried that controlled drinking, mm-hmm. you know, with the great baked chicken experiment of Leslie. Ooh. Yes. So I thought, because I had been to some meetings and, and there's that part in the big book that says, you know, try some controlled drinking, you mm-hmm. know, if you don't think you have a problem. So I had this master plan that I would buy a bottle and then bake a chicken and that I would be able to not drink that whole bottle while the chicken baked. <laughs> What kind, <laughs> no. what kind of test is this? That sounds like I, a half-baked plan. <laughs> I don't know where I came up with this, I, but I remember yeah. it. And I thought, because I had never baked a chicken before. So I thought, okay, so so buy a bottle of wine. I think it says this in the, in the big book. Buy a bottle of wine and bake a chicken. And try not to drink while the chicken bakes. Right. So I allowed myself one glass of wine during the preparation of the chicken. And well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you snuck. So that that, in that was there. putting yes. the chicken in the pan. That was put. Yes. And, <laughs> one glass you know, of wine. One glass of put wine. Put the chicken in the pan. Uh-huh. Okay. The end of the evening, I found myself in the bathtub, and I woke up, and the water was freezing cold. Oh. So not only did I. Where Drink the, the whole bottle. Uh, the, I think I ate part of the chicken. I'm not really sure, but Please I still remember. The, the roasting pan was floating in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's like I had the drink, and then I, I did some other drugs, and I just remember waking up wow. um, in the bathtub, and the and the water was cold. The the uh, the recipe for recovery didn't work. No, it did not. <laughs> Not that recipe. Not that recipe. So. That's a fantastic story, though. Yeah, the chicken. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know where I got it, but. So do you suggest this to newcomers? No. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) They could burn their house down. (laughs) I almost drowned, but they could burn their house down. Yes. (laughs) Woke up hypothermia. So um, then, so then you went and you were going. I'm done with this. I'm done, and then I started opening up at meetings. I met some other women, and everybody was so warm and welcoming. But I still had this. I cannot let you see me. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I was just bad and and not worthy and I didn't fit in and all this but I just kept going back and it was beginners and then I just you know slowly I just started you know adding up the days and adding up the days and I felt better Mm -hmm. did you get a sponsor no not right away that was terrifying you just went to meetings yes just went to meetings um you know, and everybody would say, you know, get a sponsor, get a sponsor. And I was, or I wouldn't tell anybody because the very first meeting I went to down here, somebody said, are you new? And I was so terrified of anybody knowing about me. I said, oh no, I've been here for two years. <laughs> you know. Well, I understand. I, yeah. I understand. I was so I'm on the 14th step right now. <laughs> I was so. What would you What would you tell somebody that's thinking about going to AA? Just you know, just ask for help. You know, your first meeting because it's okay. It's okay, so. and it and and we know what it's like. You know, and, and, we're not and that judging that you. misery is just so optional. You know, I just yeah. um, the the sooner. I gave up, then the the sooner I began to feel better. Yeah, and it was totally my pride. You know, my secrets were making me sick. Mm-hmm. And um, I told, I, I got asked, uh, it was a question from, um, it was a big book study that I went to, and I was relatively new, and it said, like, you know, what's the most important element? And then we read the section of the big book, 
that the question referred to about what was the most important element. And I said, I answered the question and said courage, mm. because to me, it felt like it was what I needed was courage to walk in. It's what you're describing, Leslie. To, it's terrifying. It is terrifying. Mm-hmm. But the actual answer in the big book was willingness. Willing, yeah. Which is the willingness to, even though I'm afraid of everyone, to say, I need help. Yeah, so that's what I would share with anybody is just we've all been where you are and just ask for help because we are more than willing to help you. you Absolutely. Um, but eventually it, it So what did it know, take to get a sponsor? When did you get a sponsor? It was that oh, the first year, honestly, is still it's kind of a blur, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it was early on. Um, like a month? No, nope. probably within the first six months. Okay. I met with her every week. We sat down. I went to her house, and we would read. You know, I had already had this big book. Mm-hmm. It looked a lot better. I never opened it, but um, we're that to- uh, we're going to talk about that, that big, big book. book. We might need to put a picture of that big book yeah, up. I think so. <laughs> That's like uh, what I could consider like a medieval document. It's, it's that, that loose leaf. All the pages but, are well, separate. But that one big book me. is like a testament to its use. It is. It is my life instruction manual describe describe that book sam <laughs> well let's see. see first of all it requires a case to keep it together true which is yeah. fantastic um and the uh, the pages are definitely worn they are uh, as you said loose leaf i see lots of notes and highlighter all co- i mean notes there may be more notes on some of those pages than printed text mm-hmm. um yeah. that is a well-used big book Look in there, Leslie, and read something that strikes you that you wrote down. Oh, boy. See if it can take you back to when you wrote it down. Let's let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, every page has notes and highlights. It does. Here's one in how it works. We need God's help. Invite him in. That's what you wrote. Yes. Let's see. Here's another one. If you're going to pray, don't worry. If you're going to worry, don't pray. Yeah. Um, First time I heard that, I, I I hadn't put together that worrying is not turning it over to God. Right. When my will takes over, I need to stop and ask what would God's will be. You know. So it sounds like lo- lots of practical tidbits that you yeah uh, that I've gotten meetings. at meetings. Yeah. And, God, I had messy handwriting too. I don't know what this is. Why we do what we do. Um, and that's about the. <laughs> you can look at it if you want. It's, yeah, that is so. There is so much going on here. I, I think I would have to get scholarly and like spend a couple years. Yeah, <laughs> I've got. Well, and it's neat because it kind of you know why I don't want to get a, a new one is it's the journey. It's your history, you yeah. know, yeah. and it's not all neat and tidy. <laughs> I love that you're, you call out that it's not all neat and tidy. No, it's not. Um, because that is an even bigger descriptor than what my neat and tidy comment is. So when I did my first fourth step, um, my sponsor gave me forms, and it was mm-hmm. like 20th generation copies. So being a good nerd, I recreated them on the computer and started doing my fourth step on the computer and had everything nice and neat mm-hmm. and, and all this nine pages of stuff. And then finally I got clear that I needed to just print this out and finish it. And it involved scribble writing in the margins. It's like, this is not what I'm inventorying here is not nice and neat. It's right. messy. Right. So I got messy finishing my fourth step. And then to bring that further to the, uh, the condition of this book and, and how it marks your journey of it's not nice and neat. No. Recovery is ups and downs, and we have great times and sad times. The thing is, we don't drink. Mm-hmm. We don't drink, and we can get through all this stuff. We've got higher power. We've got fellowship. We've got the tools that we need, but sometimes it's messy. Right. I remember my f- first fourth step. I, I like to do art, so I made it very artistic. I don't know what I did with that thing, but... Uh, you know, I just recently got back from Maine, 
And um, one day I sat down and I just started writing. And my husband said, what are you doing? And I said, a four step. <laughs> and yeah, it's, there's something powerful about the pen to the paper. Uh, yes, there yeah, is. You know, and it's just, and I could just write and just, just, it only ended up being two pages, but it did exactly what it's supposed to do. You know, it got it all out of my head. I saw the pattern, you know. I Which is what we're it. trying to do Love to stay it. sober. Is yeah. See the, to see what's, what I'm hiding from myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And exactly. what I want to clear. And by writing, I cannot do the trick that I'm so good at in my mind of going, ooh, but that's not important. And now Don and I are going to have a battle because he's got something he wants to talk about, and i got something I want to talk about. They're both related to what you just talked about. That's right, because you just did a— Yeah, so I just did a fourth and fifth step Uh that was pretty much unplanned. I uh, had taken to my sponsor, sat down with my sponsor a couple weeks ago, about and, and, and had brought two things to him, a fear and a resentment that were going on. And he was like— then let's do a four step, four step those things. And so I sat down and I did. And so you've other been sober a long time and you do a, you do it. Oh yeah. Still do them again. Yes. Yes. Um, that was the pro that's why I started over is that I never did another four step in 2012. So I got sober in 2003, mm-hmm. did, did all the steps with my first sponsor and then never worked the steps again with any subsequent sponsor. And in 2012, I started over because bad ideas sounded good. And I used diet pills and poppers and ways that are not sober for me. And now I have done a, uh, all the steps with every sponsor I've had since then. Um, in this particular case, though, I just had these two things that were bothering me a, a little bit. That right. I just noticed them. And he was like, so why don't you fourth step them? And so I did. And sitting there doing it more stuff showed up. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. So and we think it's exactly, fear and all of a sudden, boom. Yes. <laughs> and it wasn't a lot. It wasn't, a, I mean, it was a couple pages, just mm-hmm. like you said. And when I sat down with my sponsor to go over the two things, I'm like, oh, by the way, there's more. And we sat and we did a little fifth step mm-hmm. right there in the, uh, the tables outside of Starbucks, you know? It's... So you could say that's a fourth and fifth step. You could say that's a tenth step. Continue to yeah, take that's true. personal Well, inventory. and tenth step led me to it. I mean, tenth step for me is more in the moment. And eleventh step, which I'm not really consistent of doing that review the day uh, type of thing. And that's why for me, the periodic real fourth step work, allowing these things that didn't get cleaned up along the way, to show up in that fourth step. So sitting down and actually seeing what what I might have missed. Yeah. And I don't know if this is going to make sense, but the, the recent fourth step I did, I think it came out of doing the 10th, where I was continuing to take personal inventory, and I felt like I wasn't getting this relief. It was just kind of sitting there like this resentment, you know, mm-hmm. And I had to sit down and get it out and share it with another person in, in a more, I don't want to say formal way, but like I said, with the pen and paper. But it is. It is yeah. more formal. Uh-huh. It I had is. to and, and, and do the, the, f- the form. Yes. Yeah. And then there's, there's something that's incredibly important. And this is what I learned from the boys in Durham when I started over and did, started my recovery there. It's not just four and five. I need to do four and five, and six, and seven, and eight, and if there's something I need to make amends, four, nine. You go through the whole process. Because if I just keep doing four, and five, and four, and five, and four, and five, and four, and five, I'm never going to find any relief because I'm not, like, turning over my shortcomings, asking for help, mm-hmm. and cleaning up my mess. Yeah. So I I think that writing is just in an incredible thing that we learn to do in the fourth step, and I can apply that to my life all the time, and discover all kinds of things about myself that I don't know. So I was recently in Akron, Ohio, went to the intergroup there, and I got this uh, Oxford group, which evidently is still active there, the Oxford group principles, which are the foundations that uh, Dr. Bob and Bill, they were in the Oxford group, 
and they were following the tenets of the Oxford group and developed the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. They kind of like described, broke them down, described them better. Oxford group had six steps, I think. Had, yeah. And they, they... he split it up and made it easier, really easier mm-hmm. to understand. But I love this and I'm going to start doing this. So this is how to start your day from the, this is not AA. This is okay. Oxford group. Uh-huh. But see how this rings for you with with what we've been talking about. Take one. Take time each morning. An orchestra tunes up before the symphony. We can tune up our lives before the day begins. So get up, get your coffee and tea, grab a piece of paper and a pen. Then relax. Sit in a comfortable position. Consciously relax. Be loose. There's no need to hurry. There's no strain. We cannot touch the infinite if we're tense and anxious. Prepare yourself by breathing deeply and relaxing for three or five minutes. Then three, tune in. Open your heart to the ultimate reality, either silently or aloud. Say in a way that feels natural to you that you'd like inspiration for this day. If you have a specific problem, ask for the answer. Be definite and specific in your requests. Four, listen. Just be still, quiet, relaxed, and open. This is asking God for help oh, I, and yeah, then, and I, then I, yeah. seeing what, let your mind go loose. Let your intuitive self receive inspiration. Write exclamation point. Here's the key to the whole process. Write down everything that comes to mind. Everything. Writing is a means of recording what goes through your mind so that you can remember it later. Don't say to yourself, this thought isn't important. This is just me thinking. This can't be an inspiration. This isn't nice. This isn't just an ordinary thought. Write what passes through your mind. Names of people, things to do, things to say, things that go wrong need to be put right. Write down everything. Good thoughts, bad thoughts, comfortable thoughts, uncomfortable thoughts, holy thoughts, unholy thoughts, sensible thoughts, crazy thoughts. Be honest. Write down everything. Then... Number six is test. Look down at what you've written and ask yourself, is it honest, pure, unselfish, loving? Is it in line with our responsibilities? These are the Oxford group things. And is it in line with my understanding of spiritual literature? So, you know, just test it and see if it's it's good or not. And when in doubt, when it's important, ask another person. I love this. More light comes through two windows than one. What a line. (laughs) I love that line. So this is good. What if no inspiration comes? And you were talking about this, Leslie. Generally, there is a reason. Here are some blocks. Any wrong relationship in my life. A person that I will not forgive. Any wrong that I have not faced and put right. Those are resentments. Mm-hmm. Any compromise or indulgence, I will not give up. Mm. Chocolate. Anything <laughs> I know that I should do but have not done. Housework. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very similar to the to the inventory, but they're saying just write every day. Right. And I've like taken this to heart. I, a guy in the program, he said this before I did a a 10-step inventory one time on one thing. He said, just just sit down and write everything that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Well, this is being passed down from the Oxford group, and it it's really true. You don't have to make an art project right. <laughs> of yeah. your inventory. That was just avoidance. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to write a novel. You're not You're not impressing anybody. I just sit down, I ask God for guidance, and I write everything that comes to mind without editing it. And see what happens. Mm-hmm. And like you were talking about, Sam, you started doing it. More will be revealed. It's true. Things the, show up. The truth will come out. Uh, you know, I want to discover how I operate. Oh, What's well, that? It's also that matter of as you as you said earlier, Leslie, about you know, pen to paper. It mm-hmm. makes a difference. If I'm trying to wrangle all this in my head, that's def- that's definitely not going to work. And for me. The disconnect of doing it on a keyboard, it doesn't work either. It's too easy to hit delete. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's a really good... And I can fly on a keyboard. The the writing process is slow. 
So it makes me slow down so that I can capture the thought. And it's interesting because I believe it was in college, I always kept a journal. I mean, I have a journal in my drinking days. That's a hoot to read. Yeah. Not much makes sense. But if you get drunk, it will. (laughs) (laughs) It really really shows the crazy insanity. But I also have journals in sobriety. I wouldn't want anybody to read them now. (laughs) But upon my death, (laughs) they can read them. My children can read them and go, whoa, mom was crazy, but she ended up okay because she's sober, you know. But it's really kind of neat to go back and read them. I, You can really gain a lot of insight as to where you've been and where you are now. Truly you know? can. Yep. Man, when I first came to the rooms, I carried a journal with me to meetings because I was hearing all these gems. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That, and then I realized, oh, I'm going to hear these for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then what's turned out to be true is I don't hear a lot of them anymore. Like, yeah, it yeah, takes thanks, time, and time takes time. Things you know? change. Things it's like that. It's up to you to say the things that you don't yeah, That's I get, right. I, 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 and I do. Those, <laughs> y- those young people, they love me. <laughs> <laughs> Crusty old time. Time takes time. <laughs> Take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth. <laughs> yep. Leslie, yeah. hmm. don't go anywhere. And I want you to watch your head. Because it's time for our question for the old timer. Watch out for that owl. It's time for our old timer's question. Who get taller than old timer? Crusty. You. Ah. That's what happens if you don't drink and you don't die. Well, no matter how long you've been sober, it's still one day at the time, shiny. I'm Miranda, thank you. By the way, Miranda, thank you so much for sitting in for me. Miranda did a great job. She surely did. We have a question. We have a question we didn't have someone make up for us. Oh, we we have a question from a listener. We got a question from that series of tubes. We really appreciate it when we get a question. We really do, absolutely. Uh, So this is from uh, Wenceslau. And Wenceslau says, Greetings from Sydney, Australia. I really enjoy the format of your podcast and would like to know how do you stay spiritually fit? What say you, old fart? I mean, uh, old timer. <laughs> Who you calling an old fart? <laughs> you, you spiritual gas giant. <laughs> oh, we've got to play an ad right now. Would it be a sponsor, sponsor? <laughs> Listen to this. Are you tired of talking to your sponsor, a real person who doesn't understand you, or even worse, understands you too well? Do you want to live in a virtual reality where you can seem sober without all the discomfort of looking at your behavior? The Sponsor Sponsor Company has the answer. OK Goober, the virtual sponsor app. OK Goober won't hang up the phone with remarks like, call me back when you prayed about it. No more accountability. No more rigorous honesty. Just ask OK Goober anything and get vague answers that you can manipulate in your mind any way you choose. OK Goober, should I pick up a start over chip just because I smoked pot? Do you think that's wise? OK Goober, must I break up with my girlfriend just because of my wife? To thine own self be true. OK Goober, do I really have to pay back that asshole? Do you think that's wise? Okay, Goober, should I lie about all my DUIs? To thine own self be true. Okay, Goober will co-sign all your bullshit. And you can feel good about it until your next drink. Download Okay, Goober, the virtual sponsor app today. Do you think that's wise? Sponsor, sponsor, and all its products are not approved by Alcoholics Anonymous, and since they are not real, they probably will not work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. It's quite... uh, Perhaps that's not the way to do it. (laughs) 
to thine own self be true. <laughs> the way how do it's an easy question, Don. Is is I know you're old, but now what was that question again, <laughs> How do you stay spiritually fit? Stay spiritually fit by doing my morning prayer and meditation, by asking God for direction or my higher power for direction. It doesn't have to be God. Let's make a point of that. Mm-hmm. It has to be some power greater than myself. And believe it or not, by doing that, I have found that I can live better one day at a time. Also being spiritually fit is being in the center of AA. For me, because I'm an alcoholic, as long as I've been sober, it if I get away from the program, if I get and it's happened to me when I've traveled before, all of a sudden I'm anxious, uh, antsy, com- I'm not comfortable in my skin. And these are the feelings that I drank at, and those feelings will come back, but they don't come back as long as I'm in the center of AA, which means go into meetings regularly. I have a regular schedule of meetings that I go to. I talk to somebody in AA every day, sponsors, sponsee. What it is is that I think AA is, I've described it like I'm a kindergartner. And you know, a little kid, like a two-year-old, they'll just take off running towards the street and you can you can just pick them up and point them in another direction. They'll run that way, perfectly happy. <laughs> what a visual. Well, that's what a meeting does for me. It picks up my crazy mind and points me in a direction. I am totally picturing old-timer Don with little baby legs. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Donnie. Just rerouting his walker. <laughs> <You're>, yeah. <laughs> You're going in the wrong direction here. You need to let go of that. And let's go over and go this way and see how we can help somebody else. So th- these are the things that keep me spiritually fit. And if I'm doing that, I can do anything. Like if I'm asking, should I go to a meet? Am I spiritually fit? Maybe I... You know, I think I'm spiritually fit. I don't need to go to a, that. That's I need to go to a meeting. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Leslie, how do you stay spiritually fit? Same thing. Every morning, I go. I get a cup of coffee and I sit down and I read. You know, I'll read the twenty-four hour day book, daily reflections. You know, I also say the third step prayer every day. If I don't do all of that, I feel like something's missing. Like I haven't made that connection. You now, do that every day? Uh-huh. Now, sometimes I have to admit, I'm on my way to work, and I'm saying the third step. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep, you know? Yep. Um, and, and I like that I can do that. I still mm-hmm. make that connection. Um, I like to, you know, talk to my sponsor and then just quiet time, too, is real important. Just to sit and, you know, kind of meditation, really, just to sit and listen. And sometimes I just say a simple, show me the way I should go, mm. you know. But if I don't do that every day, I get wacky. You, know? you can tell a difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And... You know, sometimes if I have a real busy day in front of me, you know, I know the discipline, I should get up earlier and do all that, but I don't. But I know that I can stop anywhere during the day and just kind of regroup and turn it over to my higher power. And then I feel, I feel semi-sane again. But yeah, making that connection every day is really important for me. I get that. In addition to what y'all said, I mean, you you covered the gambit, gambit, the gamut right there, the gambit, the gambit. <laughs> That's different. Um, you know, one of the things that I I note about how I stay spiritually fit. You know, I I, I hit my knees every morning uh, with that third step prayer. That's how I start off. I mean, and I used to not do that because I was afraid that you know a prayer by rote just isn't going to mean anything. Mm. And what I found is that it's the opening to my praying in the morning. 
But there are times that I forget it, and it happens when I'm traveling, mm. when we've upset my environment. Yeah. And so I don't, and that's like when, okay, maybe it winds up being in the shower or in the elevator down the stairs from the hotel or, you know, whatever. Uh, but it happens. But the other thing, in, a, in addition to talking to people, sponsor, sponsees, trusted friends, going to meetings, quiet time, um, is just trying on other things that I hear that I hear people share about or that I read about other ways of trying on spirituality or mindfulness or you know even physical things uh, yoga can be an incredible thing for me and my spiritual fitness so uh, I think that's um, something I, I definitely would add to as my contribution to this question uh, that you know my willingness to try on stuff, is part of how I stay spiritually fit. I like that trying on other spiritual things. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, if I don't spend time at, at some point or other with in some spiritual endeavor, then I'm just all up in my head and I'm thinking about God and it's kind of an intellectual exercise. Yeah. And it requires that I do something every day that is like focused on the spiritual aspect of life. And if I do that every day, then I'm including God, higher power, in my life. And I'm not doing it if I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thinking yeah, about it is not have to doing say it. it. No, it's not. I have to, yeah. I have to, you know, acknowledge that there's a God and I'm not it. Definitely. I, I mean, I, I'll be driving in my car just talking because I'll have this idea that my higher power is in the passenger seat and we're just driving down the road talking i'm sure yeah. people look at me like you know sometimes they, they, they think yeah, you're talking on, on your my phone. phone right but it's no true. i'm talking to my higher power just and for me it's a, a my higher power is a, my best friend you know i mean i just say anything HP you know? on that main line. <laughs> Tell him what you want. HP on that main line. Tell, Tell him what you want. Oh, HP on that main line. Tell him what you want. Call him up. Call him up and tell him what you want. Yeah, that's it. I <laughs> never expected this stuff. And then you sing something I kind of know. <laughs> Leslie, thanks for yeah, being here. Thank this has been you. great. This is so much fun. This has been a really lot of fun. Was, thank you yeah. so much for joining us. And Wenceslaus, thank you for the question. We really yes. appreciate it. All right. It is, um, oh, wow. Watch out. Here it comes. Thanks for joining us. The Boiled Owl podcast is posted on the 1st and 15th of every month. Visit us at boiledowlaa.org or email giveahoot at boiledowlaa.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous in your city or visit aa.org. Please note, Boiled Owl AA is produced by members of AA and only expresses our experience and opinions. It is not endorsed by AA World Services. A. Triple A. Are you a member? I think I might be. I'm a member in good standing of all the A organizations. There you go. A A, Triple A, A plus.